And today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Thank you, church, and God bless you. Thank you very much, uh, Titomi, for that Bible reading from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. So we're starting a brand new preaching series this morning. Um, it's a short series just to cover the period of Advent. And the title of the series is Why, Who and What? So I'm going to start the series this morning talking about the why and we're basically going to be looking at why Jesus came, and uh, next Sunday, Nathan's going to be talking about who is Jesus, and we're going to end the series on the 20th of December with our, in our carol service, which I want to encourage you to invite as many people as possible to attend. Uh, David's going to be speaking on what is our response. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to start this morning talking about why Jesus came. Now, a lot of, time, a lot of the time um, at Christmas our focus can be on the, on the baby Jesus, and, and rightly so, because Christmas is about the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Uh, many of you in your homes, you may have a nativity scene. I know we've got a little nativity scene beside me here. You might not see, but we've got a nativity scene beside me here. And we've got the baby um, in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. But I think there is something that is big about the birth of Jesus that if all you see is the baby in the manger, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, that you can lose sight of the awe and wonder of what happened that night. Because the thing is that on that night in Bethlehem, you know, something indescribable, unimaginable, awesome, wonderful happened on that night. And that's what the author of this epistle to Hebrews captures in the very first part of our text this morning. So he says, you know, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. And what he's saying there very simply is that on that night in Bethlehem, Jesus, the Son of God, God, fully God, he became a human being like you and me. And, you know, so just not to kind of put anything of this in doubt, he kind of breaks it to the very, very basic. He says, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood. You know, the one thing that all of humanity, the one thing we all share is the fact that we are all flesh and blood. That's it. We are all flesh and blood. But then the wonderful thing is that Christ, Jesus Christ, fully God, he came into this world and he shared in the same thing. He became literally flesh and blood, just like you, just like me. You know, he became really human, real humanity, truly human. You know, he became fully man, but at the same time, he also remained fully God. You know, sometimes people make the mistake and feel that somehow Jesus Christ was insulated from some of the things that we face as human beings. 
But that's not true. If you go through scripture, you'll find that um, Christ, he suffered. He went through the emotional and mental pain that many of us go through or are going through now. He went through, he suffered separation. He understood grief. He knew what it meant to be ridiculed. He knew what it meant for people to make fun of him. He knew what it meant for people to criticize him, to talk about him. He knew what it meant for people to completely misunderstand him. He understood what it meant to be falsely accused, even to the point of being treated as a common criminal. So Jesus Christ was fully human, fully man, just like us. I mean, the only difference with Christ is that he did not sin. So if I want to rephrase maybe the title of, the, of, the, of my sermon this morning about why did Jesus come, maybe I want to ask the question is that why did Jesus choose to become a human being just like us? Because if you think about it, that is a big deal. Because what, what it means is that Jesus Christ kind of left the glory in heaven and he came down and walked this earth in this weak, frail frame that we human beings carry. So we need to ask our, that ourselves that question, that why would he choose to do this? You know, what was so big, what was so important that Christ would choose to become a human being? And the author of Hebrews kind of jumps straight to that in the next portion there where he says that through death he came to die. So Christ was born in the humble surroundings in Bethlehem, you know, in that manger, so that he might die a redemptive death for all of us. And the writer doesn't kind of have, there's no sentimentality, you know, there's no kind of precious moments in between. There's, he, he doesn't give us any semblance of the life that Christ lives. He goes straight from the fact that he shared in the flesh and blood that, he, that we have, but then straight away he came to die. So Jesus Christ became man so that we would not have to suffer the consequences of our sins. You know, ultimately it was man who sinned against God. It was man who stood condemned before God. And it was man, it was a man who had to satisfy the divine justice that God required for sin and rebellion. So Jesus Christ, he came, he suffered and he died to satisfy the divine justice on our behalf. Now it's important to know that Jesus Christ did not risk death. You know, he didn't come into this world and then he came and then there was the off chance that at some point he might die. No, he did not risk death. He came fully knowing he was going to go to the cross, he was going to die, but still he embraced it, still he chose to come. And when you think about that, it brings into context John 3, 16, where it says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Because that is love in action. That is true love. You know, it wasn't just about words. It was Christ demonstrating that love by going to the cross and dying for each one of us. So then maybe the follow-on question from that is, why did Christ have to die? And again, we get an answer from the author of Hebrews that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death that is the devil. So before I talk about you know, Christ destroying the power of death, you know, what is the power of death? What is this thing, this power that the devil has? You know, I believe that is the power that holds people, holds men, 
and woman in bondage through the fear of death. But ironically, it was through death that Christ stripped the devil of the power of death. So you could almost say that death came to death because of the death of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And that word that's translated as destroy, it literally means to nullify or to render impotent, you know, to basically make that power, that thing, as if it no longer exists. And that's what Christ did on the cross. He rendered the devil completely impotent. He nullified the devil's power. You know, Colossians puts it this way in Colossians 2, 2 13 to 14. It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So you see, the record of debt that was against us was cancelled, it was nullified on the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame, completely stripped them of their power, completely disarmed them on the cross. You know, on the cross, the devil was disarmed. Every accusation he could bring against us was nullified when Jesus Christ died on the cross. And that's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Paul will say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So because we are in Christ, we are no longer condemned. Because we are in Christ, the devil can no longer stand before God and bring accusations against us. Why? Because Jesus Christ nullified his power through his death. Again, in Romans chapter 8, verse 33, you know, Paul will say, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? You know, who can bring a charge against us? The devil cannot bring any charge against us. Why? Because it is God who justifies. You know, by his death, Jesus Christ wiped away all of our sins. Not some of our sins. He wiped away all of our sins when he died on a cross. And the wonderful thing is that when you stand before God, when you stand there without any sin, when you stand there with Christ's righteousness imputed on you, basically, you have put the devil out of business. Because without sin, he has nothing to hold over you. Without sin, he can no longer hold over you, hold over us, this power of death, this bondage that he brings over us. But it wasn't just because of that that Jesus came. So he came to destroy the devil, he came to destroy this power of death, to, to nullify it, to disarm the devil of everything that he had. But then the writer goes on to say that, and he came to deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So Christ, Jesus, he came to bring freedom. Freedom from the fear of death and freedom from the lifelong slavery of sin. And you know, when you think about it, I guess the one thing that kind of unifies all of us um, the one fear that I guess humanity have is that fear of death. You know, at some point, everyone you know, goes through a point where they maybe go through that fear. It's the one topic, the one subject that people 
never ever talk about. Now imagine if you went to a dinner party or something. One way to kill the conversation is to bring up the topic of death. Because there's this thing inside of us that just has, I don't know, naturally we just don't want to even think or conceive this thing called death. But when Christ came into this world, when he became a human being, a man like me and you, what he came to do was to deliver us from the fear of death. You know, deliver us from the lifelong slavery that we suffer because of the fear of death. And you know, the only people in the world who are truly free are those who have been freed from the fear of death and those who have been freed from the lifelong slavery of sin through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You might live under the most oppressive political regime in the world, but if you have Christ in your life, then you are truly free. You know, because of Christ's death and implicitly because of his resurrection, you know, we can truly be fearless. You know, because once death, once the greatest fear has been dealt with, then what else can cause us to fear? You know, what else do we have to be afraid of if the greatest fear, death itself, has been dealt with? And then when you come to truly understand that, you know, the freedom that we have in Christ it leads to an inward peace and it leads to joy that knows absolutely no boundaries. And that's why Christ came. This is what Christ came to do when he came into this world on that night in Bethlehem. So as I kind of bring all of this to an end, I just want to maybe ask us a question. You know, are we truly free? You know, are we free from the fear of death? You know, practically, do you live your life as someone who is free from that fear? Do you live your life as someone who is free from the slavery that comes through that fear? Because I believe that if you are truly free, then as a parent, it's not really logical to say that I'm not afraid to die, but actually I'm afraid for my children. It means maybe as a spouse, a husband or wife, it's not logical for you to say that I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid for my marriage. You know, as somebody maybe who goes out to work every day, I think it's illogical for you to say that I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid of losing my job. Because the thing is that if the greatest fear has been dealt with, then surely God has dealt with every other fear that may come into our lives. And so we cannot deep down believe that Christ has set us free from other fears, from, from the fear of death, and keep on holding on to other fears. So I just want to encourage us this morning because, because of Christ, because we're free from the fear of death, we are free from every other fear. You know, we're free from anxiety. And we are actually free to live for Christ. And we're free to take risks for him. Now when you go through scripture and you see what people did for God, for the kingdom, why they would risk everything, it's because they were free from that fear of death. And I want to encourage all of us this morning to live with that same freedom. Now I'm not going to say it happens all at once, you know, you're just going to maybe just, you don't just wake up and all of a sudden every single fear is gone. It may not happen that way. But I believe that every day in faith, 
let's take another step of freedom. You know, let's choose intentionally, let's choose freedom over fear. You know, sometimes things will come, things will weigh us down, we might get despondent. You know, in this time of the pandemic, a lot has happened and it might really be weighing us down. But then that's the time to remind ourselves of the things that God has done. That's the time to remind ourselves of the hope we have in our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. That's the time to remind ourselves why he came. You know, that's the time to say that I'm going to choose not to live in fear. I'm going to choose to live in freedom. And you might be watching today and you might want to know this freedom. Because maybe you've never even understood or maybe nobody has ever explained it to you that you can live free from the fear of death. That Christ came and he nullified the power of the devil, the power of death, the power of Satan in your life. But maybe you've just never ever understood that. You know, I want to encourage you this morning that if that's where you are, then literally all you need to do is repent of your sins and choose to make Christ the King, the Lord of your life. And if that's what you want to do today, then I'm going to invite you, you know, to connect with us. Um, a QR code will come up at some point and you just scan that QR code or go to that website and just make that connection with us and somebody will reach out to you and just lead you through the steps so that you too can begin to live a life of freedom, a life that is truly free from fear. You know, Jesus, he became a man, a human being, just like us. He came to die our death so that we ultimately can live lives full of hope, lives that are free from fear. So I'm going to pray now, and especially I just want to pray for anyone who kind of is in that place where they are going through things, going through situations, and they know that they are living under fear. You know, whatever the fear might be, I just believe that this morning as we pray together, that, you know, God, that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ will set you free from that fear to living a life of freedom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you and bless you for today. We give you praise and glory, King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, mighty God, that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ came into this world to destroy the one who has the power of death, to destroy the devil, to basically render that power completely impotent. And he came to deliver us from the fear of death and from the lifelong slavery that that fear has held us bound to. And we just want to give you praise and glory, Lord, for that. And I just want to pray this morning, mighty God, for as many of my brothers and sisters, Lord, who are living under any kind of fear whatsoever, Lord. And I pray that this morning that they will receive freedom from that fear, mighty God. You know, maybe it's fear about what tomorrow holds. Maybe it's a fear about their jobs. Maybe it's a fear about where, where's the provision going to come from? Where's the money going to come from to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, to pay the bills? Maybe it's fear over their health, mighty God. Maybe it's fear about their children, the path that they're taking. Maybe it's fear about their marriage, fear about their husbands, their wives, Lord. You know, Father, I just pray, you know, whatever that fear is this morning, Lord, that your children will be set free, Lord. And I pray, Lord, if it's the fear of death, Father, that's holding them bound and stopping them from living 
the life that you've called them to live, Lord. I pray that this morning, Lord, that they will be set free from that fair, mighty God. You know, your word says that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed, Lord. And I just pray that this today, Lord, that we're going to walk in that freedom. Because it's for freedom that Christ came. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So no longer, Lord, are we going to be bound, Lord. You know, today we intentionally choose to take those steps out of slavery, to take those steps out of fear and out of bondage into freedom. And we just completely rely on you. We completely rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us as we take those steps, as we walk this walk. So thank you, mighty God. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to die to set us free. To you be all the glory, to you be all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.